that's the tallest building in town. The library, because it has the most stores. We didn't own a car, so we would go to the library with a shopping cart and fill um, the shopping cart with our books. I was probably about six or seven, and my mom took me to our local library for a story time. I went with my dad every Saturday morning. I remember coming here like since we moved here when I was five, and every summer we'd do the summer reading program. As the years have gone by, you begin to realize how much you know, interesting stuff the library has to offer besides books. When I was growing up, my aunt would always take me to the library. I was in third grade, and then I loved the library, the Carnegie Library. I went to the story times that were at the library. The librarian was my dad. Welcome to the tallest building in town, where we tell stories about libraries and the people who use them. I'm Shauna. And I'm Steve. And we work at Sun Prairie Public Library in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Steve, do you remember bookmobiles? Mm, sort of. <laughs> you and I both didn't really grow up with one, mm -hmm. but lots of people did and currently use them. We're asking ourselves today, how do they work exactly? Where do you buy one? <laughs> Who are the people behind these library services? I think bookmobiles are usually thought of as a rural service. When I was a kid, I grew up in a small town. We didn't have a bookmobile, but we had a storymobile, which was a county library service that brought performers to, to our town for the summer reading program. Bookmobiles have been in Wisconsin for almost 80 years, and they've been a great service for small communities that don't have their own libraries. But Dane County's bookmobiles uh, work differently than you'd expect for mobile libraries. Yeah, this month we interviewed Tracy Harold. So she's originally from Sun Prairie. She currently resides here, and she used to be the director of our library. And she talks about the Dane County Library Service being a connective glue within Dane County, which I thought was a great way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, reaching people in ways that could be seen as old, but that actually feel new. Or maybe some of us just haven't been thinking about bookmobiles or mobile services. Yeah, I, de I definitely hadn't before I moved here. So there are, they are opportunities to serve and reach people in our communities that aren't possible when you're confined to a building. But it's actually this fantastic relationship, I think. Public libraries and bookmobiles, how they currently support each other or how one has helped lead to another, which I hadn't thought about until I talked to Tracy. For example, uh, the Dane County Library Service was serving areas in McFarland, for example, and Fitchburg, both in Wisconsin, before they decided they needed to build a library. Yeah, and they also serve um, a, a lot of areas in the city of Madison, which already has nine public libraries in it, um, but it still struggles to reach people uh, just because of the way the city is so spread out. There's a lack of public transportation sometimes. Um, lots of reasons why people might not be able to get to the actual library building. Uh, another reason that a library might use a bookmobile is to gather statistics. Fond du Lac Public Library did this for several years. They parked their bookmobile uh, in a parking lot, I think mm. it was, on the north side of town. And based on the amount of people that visited it, they eventually decided to build a branch um, in that strip mall to help serve people uh, in a really uh, expanding part of the city. Yeah, like like many libraries, we've been running out of space at Sun Prairie Public Library and room. So Sun Prairie, it's one of the fastest growing cities in Wisconsin. But because of our size, there's also been talk for years about branches. Should we build them and where should they go? So to help us answer these questions, the Dream Bus 
<laughs> what we're talking about today. It's a new bookmobile through the Dane County Library Service. It's currently making two stops in areas we've identified in Semperi as places that we might not be reaching people. And each location is actually within two miles of the library. And it's going to be also at the library on Sundays during the summer when we're normally closed. So its purpose is to help us reach more patrons in Semperi. It's an experiment. It's also a tool to see if we can gather data about where we could potentially have a branch in the future. Should we be open on Sundays all year long? We currently are not. Or should we supplement our services by utilizing a bookmobile out in the community the way that you know, Madison is right now? Yeah. So after the interview with Tracy, we'll come back and we can talk about our experiences with the Dream Bus here in Sun Prairie. Yeah. I'm Tracy Harold. I'm the director at the Dane County Library Service, and I've been in libraries for over 25 years and probably a director for uh, getting close to 20. Oh my gosh, you're an expert. Mm. <laughs> it's been a long time I've been in this field. <laughs> Could you briefly explain the purpose of the Dane County Library Service. Yeah, so Dane County Library Service was founded in 1966 to basically to provide library service to people who cannot avail themselves of traditional library service. So a combination of people who were in senior living facilities, um, people who perhaps were homebound, and in great part, people who were out in the county in municipalities that didn't have libraries of their own. So, so that's really what we're what we're about, and we've been doing that for over fifty years. Is, and 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 we've grown and changed a little bit, but that's really kind of remained the core of of what we do is providing library service to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to use libraries. So it's actually, we're here today to talk about bookmobiles, but you do more than bookmobiles. We do. We do. So I like to think that we do four different things. Bookmobile uh, and Dream Bus being kind of our public-facing gig, mm-hmm. and we have we have a whole collection back at our headquarters. It's about forty-five thousand items, and we share that throughout South Central Library System. And um, then we do a whole assortment of outreach services, and that's run by Mary Driscoll, our outreach librarian. And then she will go uh, and and manage book clubs and lead book clubs at some of those senior living facilities. She also takes the our tiny box truck, the Readmobile out to daycare facilities and does daycare visits um, Mm -hmm. in places, again, that don't have libraries of their own, as well as Head Start here in Sun Prairie. Uh, She also works with the jail to do a, uh, a, it's it's called um, Kids Connection, where she will go to the jail and she will record a a parent or guardian who happens to be in jail um, reading a book, and then she'll send that recording and the book to the child so that they can have have that adult's voice um, reading to them at, at home. And, and also Mary does a lot of outreach at the job center. She has a library presence there. Nice. Um, so that's outreach services. And then um, kind of the fourth thing we do is to manage contracts between all the libraries in Dane County so that basically anybody in Dane County, wherever you live, wherever you work, you can kind of use the library as though it's your own. And in uh, and I manage the formulas that help libraries get reimbursed, like Sun Prairie gets, gets quite a bit of usage from quite a few different residents around the county. And 
somebody gets reimbursed for that. So I, I manage all of that in the background. Wow. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this is too large of a question, but I was curious about how your services have changed as Dane County has become more urban. Yeah. Well, it's been kind of interesting because I'm so, so 50 years and I'm the third director. So the first director was there 20 years and that was kind of the start of the service. And I think it was kind of experimental at the time. And, um, and then Julie Chase, my predecessor was there for 30 years. And so, and, and there used to be a larger staff at Dane County just because a lot of the work was less automated. Um, and so it was a, a lot of collection development and reference questions and, and certainly more stops out in the County because there was not a McFarland public library and, um, there wasn't a Fitchburg library. Mm-hmm. So, and the libraries themselves were much smaller and much more, it was, you know, Dane County was much more rural. So as Dane County's become more urbanized and libraries have, have, have grown or been established in their municipalities, we are probably, we've become somewhat smaller, um, both due to automation and budget cuts, but we've, we've kind of shifted. and And I feel like we've shifted the most probably in these last five to 10 years in great part by launching the dream bus. So that, that was kind of a new partnership and something we had not done before where we're actually serving Madison for a reimbursement, but also with beyond the page and, and our role with beyond the page and um, helping to establish that endowment, which basically assures a budget for humanities programming in all Dane County libraries. So, so I would say our kind of core the essence of library service has has certainly grown and changed the way all libraries have. I think what we've seen is now that Fitchburg and McFarland have their own libraries, we have been able to explore a few other service areas and service models. And I feel like in many ways, Dane County Library Service is kind of kind of connective glue, I guess. You know, we're we're kind of though, though we don't you know we don't have any any jurisdiction over any Dane County libraries. But there really is a, con- a connecting force there, I think. Even though there may be a library just a mile away, there are other barriers to getting there, especially children who, who are walking or riding bikes and have to cross major, major intersections or um, <laughs> the Beltline yeah. <laughs> or Stoughton uh. Road or, you know, places like, like Northport or Sherman. You know, those just aren't places that, that children feel safe or parents feel safe sending their kids across those, those major intersections. So what, what we've been trying to remedy is isolated neighborhoods where kids might not be able to get to the, to the nearest library, even though it's not that far away, but there are just these other barriers that are right. there. Well, it sounds like, if I'm hearing you correct, that your route, because I was curious about that, mm-hmm. that it might have, has it um, really been a thing that evolves over time? Or that sounds like yes. a tricky thing that to even change. Yes. But maybe it's, am I hearing this right, that it is changing more so now yeah. than it used to? Yeah. So we, so I, I, when I came on board, there were certain routes that were in place and, but they're significantly different than say 10 years ago. So when Fitchburg was, when Fitchburg did did not have a library, the bookmobile went to Fitchburg, I think it was three days a week and had four different stops. So that was a significant area of service. When Fitchburg got a library, that meant we no longer served them, which, which, which we've been talking a lot about 
the implications of that because of the the size of the Fitchburg geographical area, where Fitchburg Library is, and where the bookmobile went when it was in Fitchburg. So we revived some stops that had gone away as Fitchburg and Cottage Grove and Shorewood Hills had kind of grown over time. Um, there were there were some other rural spots that might have been started back in the 1960s that, that kind of faded away. So now what we've done is we really have modified, and it does feel kind of like a like a, a a breathing, <laughs> changing um, thing because we really try to make sure that before we stop a stop, that it really is kind of a dead stop. So a couple of years ago, we were going out to Dalyville, which is one of the like farthest west point you can get in Dane County, south and west. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a half an hour stop business there had really, really died off. And it, it was getting to the point where we might get somebody once a month. And, um, but it was, it was a lot of miles to get there. And so at the same time, we were recognizing that at Mount Vernon, which came right before the Dalyville stop, we were missing the school bus drop off. So we were leaving before school kids got to Mount Vernon <laughs> to get to Dalyville. And so we kind of switched things around. We took Dalyville out of the picture. And, and, and that particular day is Tuesday. So we go Paoli, uh, Mount Vernon. We hit that when the kids are there. And then Blue Mountains is our evening stop. And so what's happened is that no, we didn't really hear anything from anybody in Dalyville. And Mount Vernon has now become a, a lively stop because families and kids can count on us being there at a time that they're there. So we do have a policy for establishing bookmobile uh, and, and maintaining bookmobile visits. And, and we um, we're pretty clear about if we fall below a certain number of regular patrons that we can look at, maybe we'll discontinue the stop or change it up. So it's, it's just kind of this living, breathing thing. And what we try to do is is make sure that we've given something a good year of time before we change things up. Yeah, yeah. Mobile services, to me, mobile services solve a couple of interesting problems, if you will, or gaps. They fill interesting gaps because they create not only library service, access to information and materials, but also it really creates a community space where people kind of intersect and And it does that without having to invest a whole lot in bricks and mortar, Um, you know, so you can kind of, it allows you to be more nimble about service, especially in a place that's changing as drastically as Dane County has in the past 50 years. At the same time, it's kind of become, I don't know, um, maybe it's become cool again, because I hear a lot of people who went to the bookmobile when they were kids, like my husband remembers the Stark County bookmobile being at the grocery store as he was a kid. And when he came on board, the first, when I first get, took this job, he came on board um, the bookmobile and they like welled up in tears. I mean, people, it's a very, very emotional thing. People really could connect with their, their childhood experience on the bookmobile. So, it, and now what we're seeing is people come on board and they're like, this is so cool. You know, they're just like, whoa, they, it, it's kind of like, they can't quite fathom how 
I don't know. It, it's got this this kind of feel like like the ice cream truck or right. or this sense of of oh this thing moves around all over the place and I get to walk on it and yeah it's just it, it's got kind of a coolness factor right now too. Well, the dream bus especially I have to yeah. say I don't want to have any kind of bias. Here. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so colorful but mm-hmm. it's got all these features inside that are so interesting and fun that do feel like a, a party yeah, <laughs> it is. so you know a library party do you think there's anything we haven't covered as to how the dream bus is different though from your other yeah books? so they, they are different different vehicles and uh, it's been the the evolution of bookmobiles we're on our fifth bookmobile and um where does the, one find a bookmobile? Oh, so so actually, <laughs> both vehicles have been built for us. So they were sp- they were specifically commissioned and built for us. Um, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. So I although I have to say I think the original bookmobile I think that was an existing vehicle that was purchased and then designed and outfitted to be a bookmobile. But I, somehow, I somehow imagined this just sitting in a shop somewhere. Oh, like, yeah, picking, no. Picking it up. <laughs> Even though that doesn't make sense, I really just didn't know where it right, would right. come from. It's, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like a school bus, but it's, it's definitely not. Right, but, right, mm, exactly. It's a truck. Like, you know, where, right. where does one go to their catalog uh, <laughs> and find a bookmobile? Yeah. Um, well, and, and I think for a long time that, that school bus model was used because it was kind of about the right size. It was kind of... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, kids were kind of familiar with the shape. It's kind of a friendly, and, and it was it was already a large vehicle like that that could be modified to be uh, a bookmobile. And so, for our first four bookmobiles, it really it really was they were built on a with a school bus platform in mind. This latest bookmobile and the Dream Bus as well. We um, we worked with a company right here in Wisconsin, out of Burlington, called LDV, and they're their bread and butter, uh, they've been around since the 50s, mid-50s. They have done snap-on tool trucks, and but they do a whole assortment of other kinds of vehicles as well, including uh, certainly snap-on tool trucks, but they do mammography vehicles. They do military vehicles, like covert mission vehicles. They do bookmobiles, and they were just starting to get into the bookmobile business when I started to work with them. And so the bookmobile is a bit of a new combination. So it's it's a Freightliner chassis, which is a pretty heavy-duty chassis, which we wanted because we do drive all over the county. We put 300 miles on that vehicle a week. Mm. And it's it gets rural, and, and it's, you know, it's on the Beltline, but it's also on county highways. But there's a um, basically an RV body on this vehicle. So we, we were able to go from the old bookmobile, which was kind of a, a school bus, it felt um, very, very cozy inside to a rather spacious vehicle that feels like there's room to move. And there is a lot of room to move on the inside. And so when we designed the Dream Bus, we knew it didn't have to be because we were driving in in Madison, we knew it didn't have to be the beast that I that I call the bookmobile. The bookmobile is more like a beast, yeah. and the and the dream bus is is a bit different in that it's a little bit shorter, it's a little bit like 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 not thirty five feet, it's thirty two feet, um, it's a little bit less high, mm-hmm. <laughs> not as tall, um, and just a little bit narrower because we did want to make sure that it was something we could navigate in the city. 
pretty easily. So, but but other than that, it still feels pretty spacious on the inside. Um, it's very slick. It is. It's slick. We've got um, we have these great hit lights. We've got a great stereo system, and the hit lights and the stereo system are are tied together so that when you play music, the syncopation of music makes the hit lights change color. Um, we've got an awning on this one. The bookmobile doesn't have an awning, and, and, and a media screen. All of that is to really try to help not only provide library service, but also kind of create space, uh, like a placemaking vehicle in these different neighborhoods, kind of a gathering spot. It feels like that to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. does. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, and I think that'll even happen more so over the summer as we do more summer reading program and crafts and that kind of thing take place around the Dream Bus. Yeah. Can you tell me what surprises you most about the work you do? So I've been in bricks and mortar public libraries most of my career, and I I would not have thought that I would be such an unbelievable advocate for outreach services, but I, I think this has really changed my perspective. It's one of the reasons I took the job, because I was really interested in, in kind of a different angle on library service. And I think what I've found is that I, I really feel like mobile services is is kind of the wave of the future. I mean, it's so, like I said, it gives, it allows you to be nimble in ways like we're doing with Sun Prairie. We're, we're able to kind of test out different locations to, to help libraries figure out, okay, where where is a good spot to actually build a library? Mm-hmm. Because that's a huge investment. It's yeah. an investment of, of certainly city resources and, and bricks and mortar and staff. You don't want to really get that wrong. Right. And um, But it's also a, a huge, terrific part of the service that we, that we do in libraries. You know, um, it's really nice to expect people to come to your building. And I think what I have learned through mobile services is... Our patrons, and and I think the world that we live in is really, it it only becomes more and more one of convenience. And if you can make it convenient for people to use the library and library services by meeting them where they are, where they're gathering, I think you're going to hit people who don't necessarily come to your bricks and mortar. I think you're going to hit them because you're parked by the Piggly Wiggly (laughs) and they're going to grocery shopping. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is easy for me to do all of this at once. So that idea of expecting people to come to you is not that people won't do that, but I I think we definitely want to make sure that we're meeting them where they are as well. And mobile services really does that. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of, I I do feel like that has, has probably surprised me me the most. You know, I also would say what what I'm seeing or my, my firsthand impressions in this first month as well is that there's something very approachable about a mobile service that I've seen populations and, and, and families and groups of people who, I, who I, I remember thinking, I wish I could just get this population into the bricks and mortar library. But because we're we're mobile, we're a bit smaller. It's a bit more intimate. We're we're parked at at maybe a family's um, kid's school. That those families are coming on board 
and very comfortable. And, and so I feel like it's, it's a very approachable service, mm-hmm. whereas the, you know, a library might be imposing or it might feel like, oh, that's, I, I, I have to know how to navigate that. Right. Whereas there's not much to know how to navigate on the bookmobile. So, so that's been really interesting to me too, because I, I feel like, okay, maybe this is a way to start to create that comfort of, of, and, and that familiarity for people who wouldn't necessarily want to walk in for, for whatever reason, because they don't think they belong there or they think that they're going to be asked for, you know, you know, information they don't want to give over for registration or, or that that's just not been a part of what they do. Right. So, so yeah, that's been really interesting too. I would never think yeah, in the past, like a bookmobile could be a stepping stone to, to yeah. a building library. Yeah, absolutely. Going, going there. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned before, our library recently contracted with the Dane County Library Service yeah. to deliver mobile library service. And Shauna, you and I have been fortunate enough to visit the Dream Bus a couple times and also work to help promote the new service. I think it's been so interesting because it is an experiment and it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And finding out how do we tell people about this bus? Right. (laughs) How do we share information about this service? Do we use social media? Do we use paper, flyers? Word of mouth. We have been trying all the things. Yeah. And so yeah. it's been a little, it's so new that it's hard to say how it's going, except that it feels uh, good being a part of a new thing, a new process yeah. that we've never done before. Right. Well, and, and part of it is a lot of the places where the bookmobiles visit, I already have people like waiting there for the, for the bus to pull up. Yeah, they know, you know about it. Community centers and schools and stuff. And, and we're doing a little differently. Um, one of the parks that we're visiting on Saturday mornings, they don't really have any space for that. I mean, technically, they don't even have parking right. at this park. Like, there's no parking lot. And you're not allowed to park on the street. It's and tricky. The first time the Dream Bus parked there, didn't somebody come out and say, you can't park here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been really learning as we go. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about this uh, until I talked to Tracy about how more approachable like mm. uh, a, a bus like this could be yeah. than a big building, for example. Right, right. And, you know, we were talking about when were the first bookmobiles, this older concept? <laughs> when did they start in Wisconsin? And it was in 1940. Yeah. And now we are using a bookmobile in 2019 as a way to figure out how we can better reach people. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, um, as far as the history of bookmobiles go, like there used to be a lot more, you know, at one point there were mm-hmm. over 20 bookmobiles in the state. And now I think the article I read said that there were less than eight left right. in the state, but, um, I mean, there's three in Dade County and they visit lots of places. Yeah. So it's definitely, um, a service that communities maybe are, revisiting now like we are Mm -hmm. um, and trying to see, you know, what kind of different things we can do with it. Right. And I mean, it's hard, like we started in April and to like pull up to this park on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock in April when it was, it was cold that day too. I mean, it was, it was, it was very cold. And 
there was just nobody out. You know, everybody we're was starting from chilling. scratch. Yeah. Folks don't know about it yet. And so we're trying to spread the word about it. Yeah. And yeah. that is a process. And it's been great for us to do publicity for it because it, like I said, it is, it is just fun to say dream bus and like the imagery associated with that is just a lot. It feels more exciting than just saying bookmobile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it's going to go and what we can do with it. The tallest building in town is produced monthly in the studios of K-Sun Community Radio by Steve Baker and Shauna Kosegi with support from the Sun Prairie Public Library and the Sun Prairie Media Center. Thanks to Tracy Harold and the Dane County Library Service for sharing time and insights. This was Season 2, Episode 8, The Dream Bus. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or from tallestbuildingintown.com. Shout out to my grandma who's been listening to our show and loving it. Thanks, grandma. Thanks, grandma.